Welcome to Creative in Tech. Powered by Reed Speaker. Technology is constantly evolving, and the companies that adapt win. In this podcast, you'll hear from companies and thought leaders across various verticals who blend the art and science in one of the biggest growing spaces in technology, conversational AI. You'll hear how they're creating the touchtone experiences that will define the next generation of customer strategy. Join me, Carrie Roberts, your host for this podcast and the brand evangelist for North America at readspeaker.ai as we explore the intersection of creative and tech. Welcome to Creative and Tech, a podcast show powered by readspeaker.ai. I'm your host, Carrie Roberts, and I'm the brand evangelist for North America at Readspeaker. Now, this show is all about highlighting the various brands and organizations that are capitalizing the space within technology about conversational AI and using it in a creative way. And in these first conversations, we're really focusing on the banking and the financial space and how they're using conversational AI to increase and enhance their customer strategy and their internal operations. So I have another fabulous guest. I have Mike Eklund, he is the VP of Customer Success at SmartBots. Welcome, Mike. Thank you for being here. Hello, Carrie. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So I did some research on you beforehand, and I saw that in college you studied computer science and accounting, and you had a lot of work that you did in both of those fields, which is not always the case. So I'm curious, you know, from that age up till now, what has been the fascination with those two areas, and especially as you've kind of grown into more of this conversational AI piece? Sure. Well, um, yeah, coming out of college, uh, I, I really went more toward the technology side of things. Didn't really pay, didn't do much with the accounting at all, honestly, other than I did end up working for HSBC, but not in an accounting function. Um, but uh, yeah, I was lucky enough to, to have a good group of uh, colleagues out of college that uh, got me involved in technology and um, started, you know, working in small networking and building computers and and business software in the early 90s, right when it was really starting to get get going for businesses. And it was just something that uh, hit right away, really enjoyed it and uh, just kept di- digging in deeper and find, you know, learning more and more about technology, networking, software, and, uh, you know, got me to uh, 30 years later you know, working in AI. Which makes sense, which is why you are here, because you already have this wealth of knowledge and background. So I like to kind of start with the vertical as a whole, because you have worked in this kind of banking and finance space yourself before really transitioning more into the technological side. Where would you say the banking and finance industry is now, and where do you see it going in terms of technology and especially conversational AI? Sure. Um... Yeah, I mean, banking and finance is so huge, right? There's there's just so many different segments in in that space, all the way from investment banks to to credit unions, right, and uh, and everything in between. And what we've seen, and what I you know what I see happening is um, there's a lot of um, you know there's a lot of money spent over the last twenty years in in um, in innovation in some of the bigger companies, you know, forming digital transformation teams. And investing a lot in innovation, um, but there's also a lot of um, medium and smaller companies that really they're just now getting into what we would consider a digital transformation. And so there's um, there's a lot of opportunity 
for these these um, smaller financial organizations, I would say, to be to dive deeper into innovation, and they're and they're exploring new ways in which they can do that. And in some cases, they're at the advantage because they can be nimble and they can take advantage of all this new technology um, without having to have all the growing pains of what some of these companies have experienced over the years. So, I mean, it's it's and it's advancing very very quickly uh, in this space, especially conversational AI. I mean, it's it's um, it's gone from zero to 100 miles an hour in a very short amount of time. Uh, probably one of the fastest um, iterations, I would say, that I've seen uh, in technology, where you know there's always, you know, in the in the back in the day, 30, 20, 30 years ago, in order to make change, especially technological change in an organization, was a huge monumental task. Projects took years. To, in order to get done, you know, trans uh, moving from one core banking system to another. These were year-long projects, multi-year projects. And with um, artificial intelligence and low-code environments, uh, these organizations are able to really affect change much quicker. You know, so they're able to iterate and innovate at a much quicker pace. And we're going to see that take root, I think, in the next five years. We're going to see most of these organizations are just going to have a whole new way of working very, very soon. And, you know, we hear the term digital transformation quite often. When you're saying that word, what does that include, especially from a banking or a financial or an insurance standpoint? What are they thinking when they use those terms? Yeah. Um, I would say that it's, um, it's mostly centered around the customer, right? And it's uh, a lot of a lot of these organizations and in, in pretty much any industry, they're they're putting the customer in in the center. You know, they're they're de- they're developing their strategies with the customer in mind, and with everyone connected, you know, with a device and and trying to do every you know being able to do everything in a matter of seconds on a device. Uh, human beings now, you know, consumers are expecting this this to be the the norm with these companies and i would say the digital transformation is being able to um affect change in the organization that enables the customer to have that digital connectedness very quick you know at at their fingertips and that's usually the what's driving a lot of the uh the change the digital transformation is customer centered um, stra- um strategy and initiatives yeah yeah, and I was looking at um, on your website, you had a couple of stats here from something your company recently did where you said 90% of bank-related interactions will be automated by 2022 using chatbots. You have $7.3 billion of operational cost will be saved using chatbots in the banking sector by 2023, and 32% of users are willing to leave their current bank or trade union for a better customer experience. Can you speak to that? Because I, especially that last one about, you know, some people think like, oh, well, I started with this bank maybe when I was in high school or college and I'm just going to stick with it because it's easier. But now you're saying a third of people are saying, you know, if it's not a good experience, even if I've been with them for years, it's enough for me to change. Can you just elaborate on some of these stats and what you mean? Sure. Um, and I believe these stats came from, uh, it's either Gartner or another re- uh, report that, that, uh, we're working with. Um, and, um, so yeah, I, I think that what uh, what we're seeing is the with the adoption of uh, conversational AI as one of one of the initiatives 
one of the big changes that's happening in this space. Um, like I was saying earlier, these customers are expecting these things to happen. And and there's a new type of customer that's coming online, right? There's there's a whole new generation that uh that's that's coming on and they and they will uh within you know, without even thinking about it, they will change a bank uh, in order to get that experience that they that they want to be able to get that question answered, to be able to do all their digital transfers in and out of Venmo and uh, or any other utility that they have. Now that they're trading crypto and everything else they're doing, they want th- that to happen instantaneously, and they will figure out very quickly how to find the institution that's going to help them do that. Um, and so I, what we're seeing is that, you know, there's this whole new category of customer that's out there in the younger generation that absolutely expect all this. And in some ways, we're behind the curve with these people because we have to get up to speed with how we can make that experience more seamless for them and frictionless, um, where they're not going to pick up the phone and call the 800 number and wait for 15 minutes to say, can I transfer $100? You know, they, it's, it's gotta be instantaneous through, through digital means. Um, and so, you know, there's definitely going to be customers that, um, that are going to do business the way they've done business, you know, and that, the way when we talk to, when we talk to clients and we talk to our, our uh, prospects and customers in this space, you know, we, we like to say that, you know, you're always going to need to have that, um, human interaction. You're going to have to have the call center that answers the question that talks to the people. We're not, no one's ever going to say that we're going to be a hundred percent virtual assistant, all chatbot um, for many, many years to come, I don't think. Uh, but, but the flip side of that is you do need to have that feature if you want to compete because it's absolutely necessary. And it's, be, and every day that goes by, especially after the pandemic, and that's how that's pretty changed, you know, changed a lot in the world. Um, it's a necessity at this point. For how do you balance, uh, you know, if you have a bank or financial institution that says, okay, well, we want to stay relevant. We want to tailor to the um, Gen Z, the, the kids that are in high school and college, but we don't want to alienate the clients we have or frustrate them. Do you have any advice on how do you create digital transformation in a way that's going to work across the board for the various people that use their mm-hmm. institution. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, we, we hear that a lot. And uh, I just had a, a call with um, a regional bank last week and the, the director of their contact center said that exact thing. You know, we, we have customers who are always going to want to call us. And so how do, we, how do we design this experience so that it's good for them too? And the answer is you... There, you know, without getting too much into solutioning here, there's a there's a lightweight concierge level conversational AI solution that you can put in that is not really too intrusive and it's not going to drag people through a lot of back and forth conversation. It's basically going to say, "Hi, I'm you know I'm a virtual agent. Um, what you know? How can I help you?" And they they say what they need, and that is intelligently routed to someone. In a you know much quicker than it would have to be you know dial one for this dial two for this department three for that department um, you can and with using a technology like Re, you know Read Speaker you can you can easily put that together 
with, uh, with intelligent routing on an IVR to be able to handle a simple task or just to be able to be a virtual assistant to take it and, and transfer that call right to the right person. And what we what we like to say is when you remove all of the repetitive questions that people are calling about, like, I want to update my address or I need, I'm going, I, I need to inform the bank that I'm traveling out of the country. So I'm going to be using my debit card in a different country. That's a very common, you know, thing that they have to talk to the bank about. Those things can be automated with conversational AI and leave like, you know, the, the fraud questions, the, the in-depth, I want to apply for a loan question. Let that happen with, uh, you know, with a standard IVR to a human being. Yeah. And I think that's a good point that, you know, like you're saying, you can start with these chatbot or voice bots. And then if you're responding to it in a sense where it's recognizing you need more help, that's beyond what it can offer. It can then connect to a real person, which is really the ideal situation. You guys do both chatbots and voice bots. Can you kind of describe the difference and do you suggest that these institutions use both or one or the other? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. So with our technology, with our platform, we can build out either or both solution. And we, we can, we're an omni-channel platform. So we can build the, the base knowledge of a, of a bot or a virtual assistant on the platform. And that can be ac- accessed through uh, chat, voice, SMS. Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, all of those can talk to the same brain that's being trained on how to answer these questions. And so um, the, the, when we talk to, you know, we, we get started with a client, what we like to say is, you know, let's start with something that is uh, low-hanging fruit. Let's put up uh, some, some basic knowledge in a chat bot on the website that's going to be able to answer some questions. You can start getting getting data. You can see those logs. You can see what the people are saying. And you can learn very quickly from those conversations on what to do next. And so you might say, okay, we have X number percentage of people that are falling back into, you know, something that needs to be a human, you know, interaction. Um, and so that, that just leads you down the path of how do you mature this implementation? You take it from a very simple, could be just an FAQ bot. That just answers, you know, where the nearest where's the nearest ATM or what's your what's your bank uh, teller hours? You know, very simple things like that are easy to deploy. But then you start you can start training in real time more information, and then move to take all that that knowledge and move it to the IVR. At that point, then you then you already have some data in the in from a a very simple implementation on the on the on the website take it into a little bit more complex implementation in the IVR and that's t- that's usually a good way to go and we we usually point people in that direction um in any industry you know we've done work with insurance as well and e-commerce and retail and even you know any customer these days most of the time they're going to start with the app or the website you know and and at some point they're going to make a decision. Okay, maybe I need to call. And but if they can, if we can contain, you know, a certain percentage of that, the, those questions that come in through the website, we could probably, you know, head off thirty to fifty percent of those phone calls right there on the website. And that's usually where we start. 
Yeah, uh, you know, crawl before you can walk type of situation. And and like you said, test it. And when you talk about data, you're talking about, you know, within the actual bot, when people are asking questions, you know, if they're asking that same question and it's not being answered, that gives you feedback to say, we need to create some sort of conversational design for that particular thing. Exactly. Um, You know, when you're thinking about this, the other thing I was thinking about, I don't know if your company does anything with this. So you also have... um, Facebook Messenger, right? And I I have tested with various organizations where it'll pop up and say, use our Messenger. Um, It doesn't do anything. (laughs) It doesn't have a conversational AI. It doesn't have a person responding. And I would assume, you know, that there are people using social media. Uh, You know, there is this kind of Messenger app for Facebook, but then obviously there's kind of direct message for other things. Is there a place for conversational AI within these social platforms? Um, and again, kind of talking about the vertical today, which is the banking, insurance, finance space. And how do you kind of work that into what you're doing? Yeah, uh, absolutely there is. And it's usually from the marketing side of the business, right? I, um, we don't have any, um, we don't see any um, implementation right now where you're going to authenticate yourself through Facebook Messenger to actually get to your account that way. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. But with, right. But for security um, reasons. Yeah. 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 But, but to engage, um, you know, a customer in your products and services and to be able to answer simple questions about, um, you know, these type, these are the types of loans we have. Here's, you know, this is the type of mortgage or here's our mortgage rate. Here's how you could do a quick apply right through face, Facebook Messenger. How much do you want to borrow? Um, what's your, you know, what's your, um, you know, basically how much do you want to borrow and how would we, how can we contact you? Right. And all that's doing is creating lead gen, you know, for the organization. And that's a really, you know, I mean, it's a, it's an extremely viable channel for any institution to, to start the conversation with a new customer. And, um, it doesn't have to be, it can be completely anonymous, um, as as much as possible, the privacy thing could can can be there, um, but it introduces and engages the customer in a way that uh, is where they're already talking. You know, where we're already we're all there, where they're already hanging out, and they're just jumping into you know having that conversation. And you can easily design some some simple marketing messages that that engage that that conversation in those channels. Yeah. But I think that's, and that's where we see it. That's what we see happening there. Yeah. Yeah. And you were mentioning too Omnichannel, which uh, Raid Speaker is Omnichannel as well. And, and that importance of meeting your customer or potential client of where they're at is so important. And so it could be, as you said, through a Facebook Messenger, it could be on a mobile app, a website, a voice assistant, whatever it is, there has to kind of be those options. Can you share with us maybe some of the use cases within this vertical? you know, insurance included that your company has done, you know, what was the initial problem? What were they trying to do? How did you help them solve it? What did they kind of gain from it? Anything that you feel comfortable sharing with us? Sure, sure. Um, so I'll give you a couple different examples. Um, so one that uh, in insurance, um, we were working with an insurance company that uses the agency model and, uh, and they have, uh, you know, a couple hundred agents that are working on thousands of policies at once. And the the underwriting department at the insurance company is a smaller department. You know, there's not, it's not a huge, uh, hugely staffed 
you know, department in, in many cases. And um, what happens is when a policy is started, the agent wants to know, hey, what's the status of this policy? You know, are, are we going to get, when's it going to be finished? What's the, you know, what at what stage of the underwriting process are you in? Um, because they have business customers on the other end that are starting a business or a farm or whatever that they need to understand those those timings. And it's always, <clears throat> in in the problem for the insurance company is that it's always been this, uh, redheaded stepchild kind of problem where they don't, they didn't have enough support in place to answer the agent question about the underwriting. So we we put together a pilot for them to to enable underwriting status very simply, where the the agent logs into the portal, so they're authenticated to the the portal they use back to the insurance company, and they're asked they ask a question. You know, what is the here's the policy number? What's the status? And through an integration, which is one of, one of the things that we're really good at, is integrating backend systems into conversational AI. Um, we provide the answer through through a chat mechanism. So within 30 seconds, they can just say, "Hey, here's my policy number. What's the status?" Answer comes back, um, and and it's all handled very very seamlessly through just a uh, a chat uh, pop up that's in the in the portal itself. It's not the only thing that that chatbot does, but that's one of the primary use cases that uh, that they're looking for. Um, another um, another one that's really interesting that that we worked on with a major uh, financial services credit card company was a uh, an onboarding training bot that used um, a combination of voice and conversational AI to train a new account manager on how to open a business account for a customer. And it was it was a role-playing situation where the bot um, acted as the customer and the, the agent had to uh, ask the questions of the customer and the bot would respond and it would be this role-playing thing. And then they reversed so that it would be a training bot and they would reverse the roles and say, you know, and the bot would lead, would help train the agent, or excuse me, the account manager, on what questions to ask to for the to you know for the, for the business account to be open, and that was an interesting use case. Um, it in that it used voice and a uh, a combination of training data that we had to feed it in order to en- enable that that conversation to happen. Um, and then, you know, from like the core banking side of things, some of the really common ones that we, we've been talking to these banks about is, um, um, you know, the, the some of the things I mentioned before, um, building out capabilities to uh, for a customer to say, I'm, I'm leaving the country. I want to tell you that I'm going to be using my debit card in this country, or I'd like to transfer money from my, my savings to my checking. So it's authenticated. Um, transactional skills that are required in the bot in order to make that happen. Um, and in fact, what we've done is built out uh, a number of pre-built skills that live in the platform already for banking and finance. So when we come to a new customer, we say, here's our menu of 20 skills that we already have built for uh, address updates, uh, fin- uh, tra- money transfers, um, FAQs. And so we have this laundry list of, of skills we can enable any one of them for the client 
And then we, we layer on the specific domain data for that company, for that, for that customer. So branding, um, you know, things that of that nature, marketing, copy, if they want to include it. Um, but the skills piece within the platform is, has been something that we've been expanding on for, for a while now. Um, and we started building uh, skills in banking and insurance probably over a year ago, probably a year to a year and a half ago. And we continue to build out that catalog of skills to give us a quick start. I think that's a really smart way to do it. It makes sense because if you're focusing on a particular vertical or industry, there is going to be some common things that you're noticing. So it makes sense to come and say, if you're not sure how to use this, which is a big problem, right? We have some people that are using conversational AI, love it. Some that did it maybe four years ago, don't really get it. And some that just don't know what to do at all. So if you're coming and saying, look, here's here's 20 options of what you can do that's easy for them to start and then kind of customize on top of that. That's a really smart thing that your company is doing. I think also, you know, you gave some examples of it doesn't always have to be external facing. It can be internal. And how you talked about, you know, this idea that it can be a training module. Again, doesn't replace maybe the full training, but takes a piece of it. You know, most places that you go to work, they always say, watch this video, read this manual, Um, but not everybody learns that way, or it's maybe not as effective. And the reality of them potentially writing an email to someone, talking to someone, it makes sense that that bot would be really helpful. Have you, have they used it long enough? Have you had any feedback or, or anything from the internal teams that have said anything from using these, or it's still kind of on the newer side at this point? Yeah, we've gotten some feedback and it's a, a matter of, uh, of maturity. So there's that initial training data that that's in there. We go through kind of like that pilot stage and then here's some, here's a level of training data in order to get the conversation design into a certain point. Um, that usually goes very well. And then we go to the next level of we're going to, okay, now we're going to expand on this. Um, and, and the feedback is that, uh, we're, we're seeing easily 30 to 40%, uh, success rate out of the box, even with the pilot on those conversations. And that's with very minimal training. Um, and in some of the the in some of the implementations that have been around for for up to a year or longer, we're seeing closer to ninety to ninety five percent containment, where the, that conversation starts and ends successfully within the entire you know uh, single threaded bot conversation. So, um, I, and you know the other thing I want to mention about that is what's what's really smart for these companies to to take on is when it, when you think when they're thinking about getting into this you know it's like we know we need we have an ai strategy um we we have a we uh, have a digital transformation strategy how do we get started and one of the things we recommend is looking at those internal use cases because then you can have your employees your own employees become the 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 basis of testing ai right so and you're going to see it internally they're going to test it with their employees the the CIO is going to be able to see firsthand how effective that this technology is. They're going to be able to, to get the answers before they introduce it to their customers, right? Because once you turn it on for a customer, you know that uh, there is you know some level of uh, uh, of uh, um, anticipation, right? And so it's you know we can't have the bot completely fail. You know, it just can't say sorry, don't know. 
see you later, right? We don't want that kind of outcome during a test with a customer, with a real live customer. So we, when, when it's applicable, we say, you know, why don't we start with an internal facing? So some of the things we've done was like resetting passwords, really simple, where the help desk, internal help desk gets a ton of calls, like where they have multiple systems and the employees want to, you know, have to reset a password. Well, we've created a, um, an assistant, uh, a support assistant bot that just does that, that'll, that'll help reset passwords. It can integrate back to Microsoft and any of the other uh, platforms that manage that security layer. Um, and it's a really good way to get their feet wet and to say, okay, uh, we're testing these different solutions with these vendors and uh, we like what we see here. Let's let's start our, our customer-facing pilot now. Yeah, you know, the more and more I have conversations with people about conversational AI, it's just, and you know, you hear the one side for people who don't talk about it where again, maybe they're fearful or or not, understanding how it works. When you talk to people in the space, it's really about taking the things you hate to do. (laughs) You hate to do that take up a lot of time, you know, that really aren't a lot of brain power, but there's a lot of time. And like you said, that example of if you are, you know, the help desk and you look at, okay, 30% of maybe our questions are to reset a password, you know, and to, to fix that with, okay, let's just invest in some sort of conversational AI. Wow. Now that frees us up to give support to customers, to people who actually need to talk to a person who need that help. So I love that you brought that up. The other thing you said was, you know, you talked about, okay, we create kind of these 20 things that, you know, a financial institution could have and then they can kind of customize it with their brand. Where do you see this kind of extension of the brand falling in place? Whether it becomes with something like what we do with text-to-speech voices, um, or a sonic brand, or uh, a visual character, you know, where do you see that that's helpful in emphasizing conversational AI as a whole? Oh, it's yeah, it's huge. It's a, it's a big piece. Um, uh, and in a lot of ways, um, the, the the companies that have uh, that have done this and have really matured this uh, this technology, um, like. Um, uh, uh, Capital One is is one that with their Eno uh, bot, it's a it's a branded customer facing bot that has a personality that is a huge part of their customer engagement uh, and their 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 messaging uh, branding uh, around Capital One, and it's a really smart way to go. Um, we we usually uh, personify every every chat bot that we put up with give it a name. We work with the customer on on um, how they want to name it. Do they want to give it a human name, or do they want to give it something like an Eno or kind of like a middle of the road uh, cyborg name? Uh, it's up. It's up to them. It's easy enough to do, but um, but it's but once you actually name it, believe it or not, that's what that becomes the the noun in the conversation every time we talk about the project. Like should. How are we going to train Lucy to do X, Y, and Z, right? And now it becomes, when I say the bot, it's like, how are we going to train Sarah to do, you know, A, B, and C? And I think it's it's usually important, um, especially when you're dealing with a consumer-facing uh, technology to have that sort of personification of of this sort of technology. You know, it, it, it shows 
you know, if it's done right, it aligns with the brand of the of the organization. It gives it that uh, that personality, um, and and there's a lot you can do with that too, um, from a marketing from a you know a marketing angle with with that personification. That's uh, it's really cool, and and that gives it um, that that in that could hopefully ultimately increase customer satisfaction because they're enjoying that engagement they're having with this uh, with this chatbot and it's not this robot looking thing it's it's kind of a something in in the middle right and um, you know we're still at the beginning stages of that honestly right though so, Carrie it's like well, when it comes to the whole personification and what do these look like in two or three years you know um, we're just starting to scratch the surface on on that sort of thing. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's, you know, it kind of reminds me, it's like when we read a book that somebody's written a nonfiction book, and I'm doing that now actually in finance. And I find myself laughing because the person who wrote it really put their personality in it. And so it's like this branded book experience of this individual. And in some capacity, you can create chatbots or voice bots in the same way that there can be some sort of personality or energy or emotion that's kind of being pulled out. So I love that you brought that to light as well. Um, you kind of mentioned earlier, but do you have maybe one tip that you'd like to give the financial industry when they are thinking of conversational AI or digital transformation, anything that you'd like to leave them with? Yeah, I would say that there's hundreds of potential use cases for conversational AI. And what we see is that is sometimes a stumbling block you know, and with a, with a lot of companies that they, um, it's a, it's a paradox of choice, right? And so, um, what I would say is that if, if you take, you know, take a half, half an hour to, to prioritize, um, five to 10 use cases and think those through, um, what does that, what does that conversation look like? Um, where can you get the biggest, um, bang for your buck for that conversation. You know, if you do a little bit of research and find out that um, a thousand people a month call in to ask for your mailing address, and you're and you're sending that to a human, that's a pretty you know compelling use case to uh, to have that automated in a very nice way, uh, very in a very simple do. So, doing a little bit of that um, use case identification and then and then quantifying. You know what can we gain from if we were to take just these two or three simple use cases and automate them? Is a uh, would really start the conversation and help the the whole team, whoever it is on the on the customer uh, with the organization, get the ball rolling. Yeah, I agree. I think that's good advice. Sometimes we get that analysis paralysis of there's so much and we don't do anything. But again, starting real small can actually have big results, just as you had kind of mentioned throughout here. If people want to learn more about anything we spoke about today, where is the best place to learn more information? Yep. So our website is smartbots.ai. Um, and you can also follow us uh, on LinkedIn. We have a, you know, we're also there as well, smartbots, or you can, uh, we're on Twitter as well, smartbots.ai. But probably the best part, best place would be our website. Well, thank you, Mike, so much for sharing your insight and really bringing some great use cases. We greatly appreciate you being here. Thank you, Carrie. It was a, it was a pleasure. And, and thanks again for inviting me. I really enjoyed the conversation.
And if you are watching or listening, don't forget to subscribe to our ReadSpeaker AI YouTube page for other live videos and previous videos, as well as our audio podcast. You can look up Creative and Tech wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Creative and Tech. Want to learn more about conversational AI, text-to-speech, or be notified of our upcoming episodes and events? Learn more at readspeaker.ai.